Good morning and welcome to, well, I'm recording this in the morning, so good morning, but good afternoon when you're watching this, uh, to the 330 Sports Show. Today is Thursday, typo, December 7th, 2023. Uh, hope everyone is doing well. It's that crazy time of year. As you can see, I'm recording this in my basement instead of uh, Youngstown Studio because just, you know, plans and busyness, like just like everybody else. So anyway, um, here's what's going to be on the show today. We're going to talk the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we'll, we'll talk plenty about that. We'll get into the matchups uh, and, and check some, in on some of the status of the Browns and Jaguars key players. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, we'll touch on that uh, a bit. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about the college football playoff and um, what a 12-team hypothetical scenario would look like. But first, uh, before we talk Browns, Jags, let's have a quick word from some of our sponsors. Mighty Mike Heating and Cooling is affordable, professional, and there when you need us 24-7. Stay warm this winter by calling your hometown hero today. Mighty Mike Heating and Cooling, 330-207-7070. This program proudly supported and brought to you by Eric Cromer, Cross Country Mortgage, a wiser way to mortgage. This program proudly supported and brought to you by the Youngstown Drip IV Bar, helping the Mahoning Valley reach its wellness goal. This program proudly supported and brought to you by Youngstown Computer, the Valley's IT company. All right, so thank you uh, to our sponsors of Youngstown Studio and the 330 Sports Show. All right, let's talk uh, Cleveland Browns um, coming off two consecutive losses on oh, in the mountain, in the mountains uh, out in Denver, and then uh, traveling out uh, to LA against um against the rams two games that the browns were right in um you know the up really up until about three minutes of the rams game and then um you know late until uh dtr got knocked out in denver so two games that got away from the browns a little bit late but um you know obviously very important games but uh the browns dropped them to go from seven and three to now seven and five so uh What's on the docket? We have the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Browns defense, although it has struggled uh, of late, especially against the run, is still first overall in the NFL in yardage allowed. They're first against the pass. However, where they have struggled a bit of late is against the rush. Last year, that was a huge Achilles heel for the Browns. This year, um, they were, you know, top five for a long time, but now they have dropped all the way down to 14th with those uh, few performances, uh, you know, and, and on the road too. the Browns struggle uh, of late on the road. So uh, they have done a nice job at home uh, this season. So getting back to, you know, Cleveland Brown Stadium and, you know, sleeping in their own beds and stuff like that, hopefully will help this team. Uh, the Browns are still allowing only um, the 10th most uh, points or the 10th least points allowed in the NFL. They are still first in uh, opponents third down percentage on the season. They have 16 takeaways this year and 34 sacks. They did not register a sack last week. And you can tell Miles Garrett being banged up has really affected this defense. So hopefully um, that's something that 
will just get better. I, I don't know. Uh, the Browns are kind of close to the vest with that, but, but we'll see. Um, so the Browns are going to be taking on the Jaguars this week. And obviously, if you were watching Monday Night Football late in that game, Trevor Lawrence went down and it looked bad. It looked real bad. I wasn't sure if it was a knee, an ankle, whatever. But uh, he went down with an ankle sprain. It appears to be a high ankle sprain, which is tougher to recover from. That's usually like a three to six week injury. But uh, Trevor Lawrence has not missed a game in his career. I believe it's like 46, 47 games. Uh, he has played consecutively since being the number one pick overall in the NFL draft. Uh, with that said, they do have some weapons though. Travis Etienne in the backfield, great running back, his uh, former teammate of Lawrence at Clemson. Uh, Calvin Ridley having a really nice season, but uh, they will be without Christian Kirk, who has been a great, great wide receiver for them. Uh, the big free agent signing last year uh, has, has really done a nice job for the Jaguars uh, this season. Uh, but as you can see on the screen here, the Jaguars offense is 12th out of 32 teams in overall yards, 9th in passing, 22nd rushing, 9th in scoring, and overall as a team have a plus 3 turnover differential. They don't give the ball up a ton, uh, but they don't take it away a ton. So it's kind of, uh, you know, they've, they've done a nice job. And anytime you're in the plus category, ask the Browns. They wish they were uh, plus 3 instead of where they're at, which I'll show you in a minute. But uh, the Jaguars are led by former Cleveland Browns quarterback. Uh, if, if some of you uh, remember early 2000s, Doug Peterson uh, had a, a short reign with the Browns. He's on the list of jersey names as now we can add Flacco and DTR and, uh, you know, all uh, PJ Walker to that list as well as Deshaun Watson. But uh, Doug Peterson, sixth season, former Super Bowl champ with the Philadelphia Eagles. This is his first in Jacksonville. This will be the Browns' fifth straight game against a Super Bowl winning coach. So um, last week it was Sean McVay. Before that was uh, Sean Payton. Uh, you had um, the two AFC North rivals. You had Harbaugh, uh, John Harbaugh, and you had um, Mike Tomlin. So this week, Doug Peterson, former Super Bowl winning uh, coach and the fifth coach uh, to have won a Super Bowl in consecutive weeks. The Jaguars lead this overall series 12 to 6. The Jaguars were coming in to the league and uh, as the Browns were gone in uh, for a while. And then Jacksonville had a really nice run, especially in the early uh, late 90s, early 2000s when the Browns came back. But the Jags lead the series 12 and 6. These teams were actually uh, former conference fo foes in the uh, AFC Central way back when. Um, but the last matchup went to the Browns 27 to 25 in the uh, COVID season. That game was in Cleveland, but uh, not a lot of people probably remember that because, you know, it was, it was COVID. No one was there. It was like maybe 10,000 at the stadium, but anyway, um, you know, Browns got the last matchup. Hopefully they can uh, take this one as well. So that's a look at the Browns defense versus the Jags offense. Let's take a look and let's flip the coin and go Browns offense versus the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. The Browns, uh, again, this is out of all 32 teams in the NFL. The Browns are 21st in yardage uh, gained on the season. Creeping up the list in passing, 24th now in passing, and they're dropping a little bit in the run for a while. They were the third overall 
team uh, rushing in the league for a while, but they are seventh overall, still really solid run game. And I think they're going to rely on that uh, run game a little bit this week, although the Jacksonville Jaguars are good against the run. Uh, the Browns are 17th in scoring, but the turnover differential is the big killer on this season. Minus eight on the season, which is third worst in the NFL. So you got to get that cleaned up. Uh, and, you know, that's the name of the game. Turnover differential is is one of the most important stats in all of the NFL outside of uh, win-loss. That might determine more wins and losses than any other stat. Um, let's flip to the Jaguars defense. They are a below average defense. They are 24th in yardage allowed. They are 30th against the pass, which I think is another reason why the Browns may lean uh, Joe Flacco over DTR, especially since DTR is still in the concussion protocol. Um, the um, rush game, as I mentioned, they are fifth against the rush, uh, the Jaguars defense. So a good rushing team versus uh, a good rushing defense. We'll see how that matches up. Um, and then the Jaguars are 20th in points allowed this season, and they have 21 takeaways on the season. Uh, Josh Allen, not the quarterback for the Bills, but the uh, linebacker defensive edge for the Jags is one of the best defenders in the league now all of a sudden. Um, they have on the opposite side of him, they have the former number one pick out of Georgia, uh, who has been a little bit uh, quiet there, Trayvon Walker, but uh Josh Allen is one of the best players in the league on the defensive side of the ball now, but uh, you know, he is their best player uh, in my opinion, um, offensively or defensively. And that includes Trevor Lawrence. So that's uh, some big praise there, but he has 13 and a half sacks. So a half sack more now than miles Garrett on the season and 11 tackles for loss. So he will be a formidable, uh, a formidable challenge for those Browns offensive line. All right, let's go to the AFC North. Last week, Baltimore still nine and three. I believe they're the number two seed right now in the AFC. They were on by. They will host the Rams this week. Steelers tonight will play um, the New England Patriots. Uh, they had a rough one last week against the Arizona Cardinals getting blown out at home by the Cardinals. Uh the Browns, as I mentioned, host the Jaguars, and the Bengals uh, stunned this Jacksonville Jaguars team in overtime last week uh, behind Jake Browning, who is uh, in for uh, Joe Burrow. So a big win for the Bengals to get them to six and six and not completely out of the playoff hunt. I mean, really, you know, you look at it, they're a game behind the Steelers, game behind the Browns. Um, so this week uh, they will play the Colts, and uh, I'll, I'll let you know about that uh, matchup here in a little bit. So uh, let's take a look at the AFC standings. Currently, the Miami Dolphins are the number one seed followed by the Baltimore Ravens. And then you have the Chiefs and the Jaguars at one, two, three, and four. So uh, this AFC is a hot mess right now. It's There's a ton of really good teams. Here's the way I see them currently, at least. I have Baltimore as the one overall power ranking number one team. Miami at two, KC at three. KC has really just not found itself on offense. Uh, lost a couple games of late that are head scratchers, that are games that you wouldn't think they would lose. They got a big one against the Bills this week uh, for both of those teams. Um, 
The Jags I have there at the four seed, and, and obviously that could drop depending on Trevor Lawrence's health. Uh, that could also rise depending on the, his health. Uh, C.J. Stroud and the um, the Texans, who we thought would be a bottom five team in the NFL right now, I have as a top five team in the AFC, even though they're the eight seed currently in the playoffs. The Browns, the Browns defense has has struggled of late, but there's a lot on their plate right now with the uncertainness at quarterback. Uh, so the Browns I have still in the sixth spot. I think the Browns, if they had a, you know, a healthy squad and this is the NFL, no one's feeling bad for you about injuries and stuff, but if they were completely healthy, I think the Browns would be a top four team in the AFC. However, injuries have not gone their way so far. Uh, I have them at six Buffalo again. I think the Buffalo is like 10 or 11th seed right now, but they are six and six. They're just dangerous. You know, when you got Josh Allen on your team uh, and, and those weapons, you know, I don't count them out. But if they lose this week to KC, that is a huge, huge, like almost borderline knock them out of the playoffs. Um, Denver at eight, Indy at nine, Pittsburgh at 10. Pittsburgh right now is in, I believe, the fifth seed, uh, maybe the sixth seed in the AFC. Uh, but their offense is just abysmal. That was a bad loss to the Cardinals last week. Uh, the Steelers do have a solid defense, one of the best defenders in the league with T.J. Watt, we all know. But uh, Pickett's status, he is out this week. Uh, and again, they will play tonight. Cincinnati, nice win last week. Uh, but without Joe Burrow, I just don't see them uh, getting in. Uh, the Chargers, <laughs> they, they beat the Patriots 6-0 last week in maybe the worst game in the NFL season. And when you have Justin Herbert, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and you put up six points, it's 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 bad. Uh, their defense, give them credit, but the Chargers remain one of the most talented, underperforming teams in the league. Titans, Raiders, Jets, and then the Patriots come in at 16 on my rankings. So here is a look at if the playoffs started today. Now, we will have two AFC teams playing tonight. We will have... Um, the Steelers taking on the Patriots. Patriots are done out of it, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are right in the hunt. Uh, so we will see. But uh, Miami, number one, Baltimore two, KC three, Jacksonville four. Those are your division leaders, but it is a jumbled mess for the wild card. Five, six, seven. So those three spots uh, are being fought for by the Steelers, the Browns, the Colts. Uh, the Texans, all those four teams have a seven and five record. You can see the Broncos, uh, Bills and uh, Bengals all at six and six. Don't want to quite completely eliminate the uh, the Chargers and the Raiders. They are five and seven, but they got a long up road battle ahead of them. So that's a look as if the playoffs would start today. Now, here are those teams' records, and I'll post this out on social media, and you can kind of see there's going to be a lot of um, cannibalism, I guess, if you will, with, with some of these teams. Um, you know, the Browns play the Jaguars this week. The Colts play the Bengals. Um, you know, and a lot of teams are going to end up playing each other. The, the Bills are at Kansas City. So you got to take it one week at a time. And if you're the Browns, if you're the Steelers, uh, you hold your own destiny in your hands. You know, three wins is where you got to get. Um, 
And the Browns now have five games to do it. The Steelers now have five games to do it. Last week, the Steelers looked like they might win the AFC North based on their schedule. But, uh, you know, you lose to the Cardinals and then it opens up everything else. So I am 100% confident saying the Dolphins, Ravens, and Chiefs are all in the playoffs. And I believe Jacksonville um, will be in the playoffs with that 8-4 and four record. However... I'm not guaranteeing um, the Colts or the Texans can't catch them in the AFC South. I think those other three might be locked in, but, but we'll see from there. A lot of, a lot of football left to be played, but uh, a, <laughs> a lot of teams still vying, 11 teams for seven spots. And really, if I uh, include the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Chiefs and take those three away, you have three teams locked in, so four spots remaining for those remaining um, eight teams. So there's, it's going to be interesting going down the, going down the stretch, but that's what we're looking at. All right. Brown's quarterback situation as of uh, Wednesday afternoon at practice, the Browns have not uh, named a starter for this weekend, but uh, obviously we know Watson is out for the year. Um, but PJ Walker, I don't think the Browns will play him unless it's an absolute emergency. But uh, DTR still in concussion protocol. And um, Joe Flacco looked really good, I thought, last week uh, for the Browns. Coming, coming off the, the streets, the, a, a, few, um, a few drops still plagued him. But, uh, you know, overall, a really nice, nice job. And you can just see the zip that comes off of that ball when he throws it. It just looks different than... Uh, you know, most of the other quarterbacks we've seen. Watson throws a really nice football, but but Flacco might just throw it the you know the best, especially that deep ball, which is what the Browns have been missing. But Amari Cooper, unknown status right now, still. He was in concussion protocol. The Browns have been a banged up unit. So you're gonna need uh you know, you're gonna need Elijah Moore, you're gonna need Cedric Tillman, you're gonna need David Bell, obviously David and Joku, uh, and and a lot of these other guys to step up. And, you know, we're not asking a lot, you know, give me, give me five catches for 55 yards. Give me, you know, four catches for 38 yards, move the chains, move the, you know, whatever it takes uh, to, to move the ball, get uh, in the end zone and score. So Joe Flacco last week though, uh, two, two touchdowns, one interception. The interception last week was, was not great, but uh you know, that's part of the part of the deal there, uh, especially learning the offense and trying to make a play. Um, so let's take a real quick snapshot one more time at the rest of the season. Uh, the Browns right now, their point differential is 1.1 plus uh, on the season. But that was much greater a few weeks ago. And, and obviously, as teams have been winning uh, and outscoring the Browns, you know, that'll come back to uh, uh, level pretty soon, but the Browns sitting at seven and five overall, um, negative eight turnover differential is what is an absolute killer right now. So got to get that handled. Browns, a three point favorite as it stands, as of this recording, a 30 and a half point total. So not a very high, uh, total at all for this game this weekend. The weather I don't believe is going to be great. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have to rely on that offensive line, that run game, and obviously the defense uh, to hope. Um, I believe it's C.J. Bethard for the uh, Jaguars that would be a quarterback if Lawrence cannot go. 
last week. Here's a look. We started out great last week, Joe and I. Joe went nine and four last week. I went eight and five, but I lost the last four games of the week after starting um, seven and one to start the week. We both had the Steelers losing. Um, both lost the Browns game, lost the Chiefs game, and lost the Jaguars game. And then Joe, and really one of the only differences uh, last week, had the 49ers beating the Eagles in uh, you know an absolute blowout. So I uh, I dropped the ball on that one there. But um, anyways, here is a look at my picks this week. So I am taking the Steelers tonight over New England. Again, this total is 30 and a half. So a uh, pretty ugly game in Pittsburgh tonight um, for Al Michaels and uh, Kirk Herbstreet in, in Pittsburgh, but we'll see how that goes. But I'm taking the Steelers to win. I am taking the Falcons over the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm taking the Lions. That I think will be a closer game than people think, but I'm going to take the Lions to win. I'm going to take the Colts uh, to beat the Bengals. That will be an interesting game there. Uh, Jaguars, I'm going to have uh, losing to the Browns this weekend in Cleveland, especially if Trevor Lawrence can't go. But this is a must-win for – well, it's not a must-win, but it's a near-must-win for the Browns this weekend. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints over the Panthers. The Panthers are just terrible. I'm going to take the uh, C.J. Stroud-led Texans over the New York Jets. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens to knock off the Rams at home. I'm going to lean Minnesota at – Vegas this weekend. I'm going to take the 49ers to knock off um, Seattle. I'm going to take uh, Kansas City. This is a huge game. Eight and four, six and six. Buffalo's playoff lives are on the line. And this, these were this was the matchup in the AFC two years ago. But Kansas City, I'm going to take to win this game. Uh, Denver, I'm going to take to win at the Chargers. And I am going to take the Philadelphia um, I almost said Phillies, Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys in Sunday night football in a huge game, 10 and two Philly, nine and three Dallas. Um, and I like the Eagles to win the AFC, um, NFC East. So I'm going to go with the Eagles to win this game. Uh, and then a double header on Monday night this week, I'm going to take the Dolphins and the Packers uh, so I like the Dolphins to knock off Tennessee, and I like the uh, Packers to knock off the Giants. So that is a look at this game. I'll get you Joe's picks. We'll post those out on social media. All right, transitioning to college football. Um, this is what a hypothetical 12-team college playoff uh, would look like. Now, I know traditionalists hate this, and and I get that. Uh, I, I totally get that. But um, this was one of the per most perfect years for an eight-team playoff, a 12-team playoff, uh, whatever. And again, I know a lot of people that are like, 12 is too much. I actually think 12 is the perfect number because when you get down to 11, 12, 13, 14, if you don't make it, most teams don't have an argument. You lost two games, you maybe lost three games, and it's like, it is what it is. But this season, when you look at the resumes of teams, the records of teams, uh, leaving out an undefeated Florida State as an ACC champ, uh, you know, that's a bad, bad look. And, and that's a tough pill to swallow for um, a lot of these teams. So here's what it would look like. The top four conference champs will receive a bye next year. So uh, the top four would stay the same this year. Michigan, well, 
Florida State may be in there, depending on if it was a 12-team playoff. Who knows? But um, we're going to go with this year's rankings. Michigan, the number one seed, Big Ten champ. Uh, Washington, the number two seed, the Pac-12 champ, which won't be around next year. Texas, the Big 12 champ, sits at three. And Alabama, the SEC champ, at four. Those top four teams get a bye. They will then play the winners of these games coming up. So... Based on the rankings this year, Florida State, the ACC champ, would host the highest group of five champ, the 12 seed. That would be Liberty. Uh, so Florida State would host uh, Liberty in Tallahassee. Georgia, in a conference game here, would host uh, Ole Miss in Athens. The Buckeyes would host Penn State in Columbus. And Oregon would host Missouri in Eugene. So that's a look at how that would look. And then the winner of 8-9 would play the 1. The winner of 5-12 would play the 4. The winner of 7-10 would play the 2. And the winner of 8-9 would play uh, the 3. And those would go to then those traditional bowl games, you know, the Rose, the Cotton, uh, the Sugar, Fiesta, Orange, all that stuff. And then the national championship game would take place after uh after that. So, you know, you go from 12 teams to down to eight, down to four, down to two, and then obviously you got your champ. So that's what a 12 team uh, playoff would look like. That goes into effect next season. And I think this is going to be exciting because uh, these would be great matchups. And, and I think the committee would shift it around a little bit where Ohio state wouldn't be playing a conference game against Penn state, you know, Georgia, you know, maybe they flip Penn State and Old Miss, so Ohio State would host Old Miss and Georgia would host Penn State, something like that. Um, you know, where you're not playing traditional foes and, and maybe getting different cross matchups. But again, that would depend on the seeds and how that would all play out. So a look back at a snapshot of what the history of the college football playoff has looked like. So 2014 to 2023, we're going to put this to bed after this season, but Alabama made it eight out of 10 years. Craziness. Uh, Clemson, six out of 10. Ohio State, five times. Uh, so 50% of the time. Oklahoma, four. Georgia and Michigan, three. Washington and Notre Dame both made it two times. Uh, one time, LSU, Florida State, TCU, uh, Texas this year, uh, Michigan State, Cincinnati, and Oregon made it back in its inaugural year. The list of champions, so Buckeyes in the uh, initial year in 2014 knocked off Alabama, then knocked off Oregon to win the national championship. Alabama won it, and Alabama and Clemson alternated it for the next four years. Alabama in 15, Clemson in 16, Alabama in 17, Clemson in 18. Joe Burrow and LSU. That's that's crazy. That was um, that's, we're coming up on like five um, over four years of that. So LSU in 2019, Alabama in 2020. That was the COVID year. Um, they beat Ohio State in the national championship game that year, and then Georgia the last two years in 21 and 22 have won the national title. And then this year, we shall see uh, who will take it. It's going to be Michigan and Alabama and Washington and Texas. And uh, it should be should be a really good playoff uh, this, this year. So that's what we're looking at. Uh, and then just a did you know from a, an Ohio State perspective, Ohio State would be the only team in college football that would have made the college football playoff all 
10 years of it. So um, you look outside of 2017, uh, they were either undefeated or had only one loss. So, you know, as a Buckeye fan, I know, you know, it's tough to swallow when, when you know, you can only lose one game. And, and even if you lose one game, you look and it's like, you know, 2017, your Big Ten, Ten champs, but you didn't you didn't make the college football play if you finished at five. Uh, Twenty eighteen, you you had that bad loss to Purdue on the road. Um, you finished number six, although you're Big Ten champs, you don't get in. Uh, in uh, twenty one, you lose to Michigan, you don't get in. You finish six last year. Ohio State backdoored their way in at eleven and one, and you can see that Georgia Ohio State game from twenty twenty two was probably the national championship game. And then this year, you lose to Michigan. Uh, on the road, uh, who's now the number one team uh, by, you know, six points, you got the ball at like the, the 40 yard line with 40 seconds left. Uh, you know, that's, I hate to say a good loss, but uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, you, you got to take care, uh, you know, in this 14 playoff world, you got to win that game if you want to get in and, and they didn't. And, and that's what it is. So, I think here, this is just my reasoning. I think this will be great for teams like Ohio State, teams like Oklahoma, teams like whatever. You know, it's going to be good for the big brand names, but um, it's also going to maybe help a student athlete's uh, mental health in the sense of your season is not one game. You got to remember, these are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old kids, unless, you know, you got those like seventh, eighth year seniors that are 24, 25 years old. Um, but these are 18 year old kids uh, in a lot of cases playing for the outcome of one game. And, you know, again, I know Kyle McCord, love him, hate him, whatever. He's still a third year player. So he is a 20, 21 year old kid, um, you know, playing for the outcome of um, you know, the national title on the road in a hostile environment uh, in really a one game season. So everything they did before that, knocking off Notre Dame on the road, uh, beating Penn State at home, you know, um, going on to Wisconsin, who was an average team, but that's a tough place to play. So those three games, like, it's like, yeah, they mean something, but like in the, the scheme of things, do they, you know, if, if one, if all it, determines is uh, that Michigan game at the end of the season. So don't get me wrong. The Michigan game is the most important game as it always will be on the Ohio state schedule. However, I think the 12 team playoff is good for everyone involved. Um, it gets cool matchups in home venues for the five through 12 games that opening week, the top four uh, best teams are still going to be, you know, want that buy to um, secure, you know, another week of health, another week of rest and another week of preparation. So uh, I think this will be great for all parties involved and we will see where it goes from here. All right, real quick, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. will be one of the four Heisman finalists this weekend. I do not expect him to win. I, I, I would love if he won uh, for multiple reasons. One, he would be, only be the fifth wide receiver ever to win a Heisman Trophy. Uh, also, obviously, give give Ohio State its eighth Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I don't expect it to happen. Most of the time, wide receivers aren't even invited to New York, and this year's no different um, with 
you know, three of the four being uh, quarterbacks. You got Bo Nix from Oregon. You got Jalen Daniels from LSU. And you have Michael Penix from Washington. So um, great seasons by all those players. Uh, and, and you know, Marvin Harrison, hats off to him. All-American for Ohio State and well-deserved. Um, also, just want to give a uh, quick shout out. Um, we only have a few of these hats remaining. If this is something you're interested in, reach out, send us a message on, you know, one of our social medias. But uh, we have we have nearly sold out of these hats. There's only, like I said, a few left. But, uh, you know, get them while they're hot, I guess, is a, a good way to say it. So um, for everyone at Youngstown Studio, even though I'm in my uh, basement this morning, I appreciate you guys watching. Uh, Steelers, uh, Patriots play tonight, but uh, Browns, Jaguars over the weekend. Um, also, hats off to Youngstown State football. They, they were knocked out of the playoffs last week, but a, a great season for YSU, uh, finishing 8-5 and five on the season in a very, very tough conference. So um, for everybody at Youngstown Studio and the 330 Sports Show, I appreciate you guys watching, tuning in. Uh, everyone have a great weekend and we will be back next week with some more shows. Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. This is original Youngstown content. Feel free to share our videos and tell your friends about us. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook. Thank you for your